You are now listening. You are now listening. You are now listening to the Black Male Educators Alliance podcast. Lifting our voices. Lifting our voices. Lifting our voices. Welcome back. Welcome back. Season four of Lifting Our Voices, the BMEA podcast. Man, it's been four seasons. It has been. Man. It has been. This is the realest one, though, man. And I'm with my guy, Curtis Lewis, uh, Michael Payne. Uh, how you feel, man? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Feeling good. We got on our... Yeah. New, new Santa new, dropped us off some new yeah, gear. Yeah. No, we got a new new space. Yeah. So, you know, we had to change it up for the new season. Um, We've been blessed. Yes. BMEA's been blessed. Absolutely. Heading in the right direction, man. So, just... You know, we're growing with the with the organization to be in the podcast is too. Hey, podcast, man. Hey, how you been, man? How you been doing? Man, uh I would say blessed too, man. You know, so for those who don't know, my son had um he had eaten some food and it gave me coli, which then infected his kidney. So he had um hemolytic urea syndrome, something like that, affected the kidney. So we've been in the hospital for three weeks. Wow. Um wow. yeah, man. So I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. To have to see their their child go through that, but through prayers and you know blessings and 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 from the work of the, of the doctors, he's he's gonna be out tomorrow. Oh, let's go, let's go. You know, That's great. That's yeah. Great. So we're you know I'm I'm just happy he's good and and we've been by his side every day. I'm I'm blessed to be able to have been by his side, you yeah. know, because I thought about a lot in there. Um, outside of the fact that we have a healthcare issue as well, for sure. Um, a lot of new Absolutely. nurses because I can I can tell just being in the hospital twenty four hours, you can see like the night shift is. 21 year olds you know that you can tell they just getting trained or just off the training um um a lot of the stuff they were talking about luckily me and his mother were educators yeah like educated and kind of understood and were asking the right questions because yeah. i could definitely see someone a young parent or someone you know single parent being in there and not knowing what's going on and not being able to advocate for themselves or their child yeah. man especially you know black patients yeah. too in, in these yeah. hospitals so it was eye-opening for sure man but and and um i'm just you know like i said blessed and happy that we're on our way out of there. Yeah, man. Been sending prayers, man. We've been, you know, in constant communication every day. Um, just, you know, we family. So yeah. one of our kids, you know, our kids, we all, you know, all hang out and that's 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 nephew. So yeah. if he's down, we all down. So it's been yeah. been important to to keep the prayers going and making sure we're keeping you lifted. So it's nice to see you in the flesh. I feel like we've yeah. been we've yeah. been talking every day, but yeah. Nice to see you in the flesh. I had man. to get out. I had to get out, but um, he's doing good, and, and like I said, we'll be home soon. So, um, I, I, like I said, I'm I'm blessed now. I'm feeling blessed, man. That's How nice. you feeling, man? Man, I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, you know, BMA been having a lot going on, man. It has it's been a lot. Um, I've been watching from the window, man. Been watching from the window. Been watching from the window, man. We had a um, big, uh, you know, it was a conference last week that mm-hmm. uh, I was invited to to speak on behalf of the organization, and so that was great. <clears throat> you know, I was that lineup, man. I was like, you know, there was some people we've been reading some heavy hitters, yeah, some heavy hitters, man. I guess I'm a heavy but hitter. You the heavy? I'm, like, no. I'm a heavy hitter. Exactly. No, but no, we. Exactly. we it, it was good, man. I, you know, this this is joyful work for me, so I'm excited, man. Um, sort of left the K12 space officially, so mm-hmm. like focusing my time. Appreciate it. Focusing my time on BMEA. And, you know, I'm going back to my alma mater to be a assistant professor at MSU. So, go yes, green. Sir. Yes, sir. So, I'm hyped about that. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to the work that we're doing, man. Like, BMEA is on fire right now. It, it is a blessing to be able to leave your job to do your purpose. Yeah. Oh, man. That's it a brings word. you joy. That's a word. Yeah, That's yeah. a word. That's yeah, a word. So, you know, congratulations. Word. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And uh, so, yeah, you, 
oh, you know, speaking for the for the, the organization. And now we got our fellowships coming up for the school year. Principal Wellness yeah. PLC, yeah. cohort two. That's so cohort two, man. We got um, we had our so interviews a couple of weeks ago. We had a number of guys apply, man, and I'm excited. I I was pumped for the first cohort, and mm-hmm. then like special guys, and this group is like just as special. Yep. they already pumped. We had orientation on Monday, um, sort of introducing the guys to each other, and we we got guys from all over the state, mm-hmm. and we got a brother from um, China. Wow. We international. International. You got international. You see, we dropped the Michigan. The Michigan is gone. Yeah, yeah. 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 Still home team. Still but, home, but, for sure. You know, this sure. work is, is bigger than just the state. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that principal wellness program is so important because now we have educational leaders in all these schools across the state yeah. with the same mindset, yeah. right? And they're supporting one another. So really really what education needs in this space, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and from principals, we go into our, our teachers. So we have their career teacher fellowship. It's yeah. cohort three. Cohort three, Cohort yeah. three. See, I'm, I, I'm. See, you good keeping up with them. No, that's yes. that math, and you, you yeah. know what I'm saying. I'm part of my job, you know, part of your job, stay, stay <laughs> keeping up with the guys. <laughs> this this yeah. is true. This is you true. Know. But so, no, that's what's up. So, what we got going on with them this year, man? So, with this this new cohort, we actually going to change a few things up. We're going to get really intensive work with the framework, with our liberating learners framework. And what we want to do is show the impact of the framework on these our our new teachers in their classrooms and their students, okay. right? So we need to, to we know the impact. We there's data behind it, right? There's research behind it. But we also want to show how this like through our fellowships, the work that we're doing is making the impact live in real time. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. I'm looking forward to that to that work as well, man. I think we are, you know, we're touching the principals, we're touching, you know, the teachers and doing that work around that. And also, you know, we're starting launching our K twelve mentoring program. We are. Yeah, Joe Bush is leading that work. Um Shout very excited about that. Yeah. Um, that work and we, we wanna really begin to you know, this work is you know, it's not it, we, we gotta start involving the youth in this, right? Sure. In their voice. And so we wanna to kick this off, we're kicking this off in a few weeks. Um, at a couple of schools where we're going to be really um, engaging with our young men with the hope of sort of creating this interest in becoming teachers down the line, right? So we're going to create this sort of intergenerational approach to mentoring and really uh, sort of kind of kick it off and get them hopefully just, you know, pique their interest because if we don't show them the possibility, right, or mm-hmm. that that's teaching is an option mm-hmm. or they see a like just usually women teaching, they don't think that's an option for them. Mm-hmm. So through this mentoring program, not only will we be doing building some academic skills and so some life skills and things of that nature, social skills, we'll also be, you know, really getting them sort of acclimated to what it means to be a teacher and how important this work is. Absolutely. I, I think you have to be in it to know Absolutely. whether or not it's something for you. I mean, Mikey spent all this time in the hospital. You know, he said to me, he said, I might be a doctor. Oh, wow. He did say that. And he's um, always talked about construction and, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff, but... After going through what he's gone through, mm. he was like, maybe I need to be a doctor, you know, mm. um, so that kids don't have to go through this. That's what he said. Uh, you know, uh, he's an old man, but uh, <laughs> wise beyond his years. He got Yeah, but, um, no, to the point of the mentoring, absolutely. Like, giving kids an opportunity to reach back yep. even early on, right? Yep. Uh, understanding the purpose of community, understanding, like, how how much uh, fulfilling it is to help one another, help others. Um, and then also being able to like really start these restorative practices early yes, on too. The, yes. the mentoring program is going to be able to help yes. um, with that. And so 
as these kids go through these these years of mentoring and, and, and leadership, because really what it is, and then being understanding academic excellence, now we've created a space where they're, they're more comfortable with, with the idea of being an educator. Absolutely. You know, we've Absolutely. said that a hundred times, that we can't ask black men or black boys to be educators in these school systems when they haven't been, you know, prioritizing these school systems. They haven't mm-hmm. felt a part of these school systems. They mm-hmm. felt a part of the sports, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, school hasn't been, for a majority of our black boys, you know, na- nationwide, really the place where they thrive. Yeah. And we got to change that. Yeah. And you're on fire today, man. It's been, you've been cooped up in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. you know, Me and like, my thoughts. Me and your thoughts. They've been there. And now you get somebody else to talk to. Yeah. And I appreciate yes. that. That's good stuff, man. And then, you know, we, we are um, excited about our school partnerships. Yes. Um, we, we have three potential, well, we have three partnerships, um, schools and institutions we're going to be working with. And I'm excited about the work we're going to do there too. Cause we're touching, you know, when we do the school, the whole school, we doing you know, administrators, we're doing teachers and, and parents and students. Right. And so that really creates a holistic approach to this work that we're trying to do. So we got, it's a lot, man, it is a lot going on at, just you know, BMEA, it's, we got a lot going on, man. Yeah, for so many, for so little of us, you it's, know, it's a tight, man, tight it's circle. A tight, it's a tight circle, you know. Man. But uh, but we're gonna be enlarging that soon. Absolutely, yeah. man. And one of our, one of our, you know, our, our future partnerships was with my old certification program. And when we met, what did I tell you? You did say that. I said, said why well, I wanted to start this organization is because I needed it. We need a better experience than what I had. That's right. And I'm gonna go back. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make sure they do it the right way. Okay. So now you. Now you got it. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to speak it, man. Sometimes you got to speak it. Yeah, manifestation. Oh, for sure. Put it out there. Oh, for sure. And, and, and uh, my last thing with the with the hospital state, like, you know, all that space and time, but with a lot of negative energy around, like, what was going on. You know, sure. you worry, you know, sure. right? And sure. stress. Yeah, yeah. And at some point, I just had to turn the tide and just be optimistic. Yeah. Like, he's going to make it. Speak yeah. about, you know, people praying over us, <laughs> we appreciate prayers. And I, having to, I had to keep telling people he's going to be good. Yeah. yeah. You had to, right? Yeah. You have, yeah. to manage, have to manifest that space. So, yeah. you know, absolutely, man. And so um, it is coming to the time of year. Summer's over. Yeah. And now we got the beginning of the school year, right? And we're going into this school year not really far removed from 2020, right, when, the you know, COVID had hit and, uh, virtual learning, so we're I guess we're a, a year or two outside of that. Really, not out of the pandemic. Yeah, truthfully, um, they they've lowered some of the, the restrictions. So I'm assuming like schools have the autonomy with the mask. Man, the CDC keep going back. I mean, they man, just like man. y'all on your own. Y'all <laughs> just, on your I mean, own. might as well, yeah, man. Monkeypox and that. So it's a lot going on. But yeah. we we still have the effects yeah. of that, right? Yeah, and on top of the fact that there was a a, a crisis with education before correct COVID. So, um. You know, with this new school year starting, what we wanted to do was, you know, what are what are some tips, you know, not only just for teachers, but like for parents, right? For for the listeners who, you know, they might have children or nieces and nephews going to school or they, you know, they have newborns and they're thinking of school in the future. Like, what are some tips that parents need to know who want to be involved um, to have a successful school year for their students? Man, you know, that that's, you know, that's a, a great question because I think there's, I mean, there's a a lot of different ways we can go with that, mm-hmm. right? So I, I'll keep it brief for now. Of course, you jump in too. But, you know, I, I think one, parents got to, we have to be, in, you know, I'm using this word engage and involvement. You know, so I'm going to say parents need to get involved. But I want to be very particular when I say involvement because involvement means different things because mm-hmm. I know folks are working. So it's not as easy just to be at the school or, you know, 
as much. Mm-hmm. But I think just being involved means like, it's like asking the kids questions about how their day was, what are they learning. Um, also, like I think as we think about the beginning of the school year, really having that conversation and setting goals with your kids. Like sit down with them like, hey, what are some two things that you want to do well this year? Think about last year, some things that you might have struggled with. Like what are two things this year that you want to improve on? Like just, just as a human as a third grader, right? I'm going to do that with my son. Like, you know, give me two things, Jonah, that you want to get better at as a third grader that mm. you felt you were struggling. And that allows kids to be self-reflective, right? Yeah. We got to teach them that. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to, like, get better and not be perfect. Two, I would say, um, you know, we need to be doing this more often, but I think, you know, really engaging our kids in literature and, like, literacy in so many different ways. How do we, you know, my son like his iPad. He's mm-hmm. on it all the time. Mm-hmm. So how Same. do I balance that, mm-hmm. right, and ensuring that, like, I'm also continuing to improve on those literacy skills that I think are important. And so, like, really finding very creative ways to do that. Like, getting some of these old school games or even putting some of this stuff on their laptop, on their iPads or laptops, that sort of keeps them engaged and giving them some time to do those things. Because here's the thing, which is why, you know, and I try not to, I try to stay focused on the question. You know, we've been talking about this learning loss that's been taking place, you know, and I, that's like a bad word. <clears throat> BMEA, yeah. we don't use learning loss um, because there was a lot of gain, you know, and I, and I mentioned this the other day at the talk, but, you know, I, there, you know, there were a lot of laws like, like human loss and all those things. So I don't like excuse that. I mean, I don't ignore that at all. Um, devastating impact on families, um, mm-hmm. and some more than others, but in black and brown families yeah. more than others. More than others. But I, I think it's important for us to understand what our kids gain during that time, and that's technology. Like technology, like like my son, he is his penmanship is it wasn't good before the pandemic. It's even worse now, mm. and but that dude can type. Type way faster than I even thought about typing at eight years old. And just being able to use a computer and technology, like, they're going to be so more advanced in that. So how do we build on that? So I think as parents, we got to start asking the right questions of our schools. Like, what are we doing to build on some of these other skills that are like 21st century skills? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we won't be, you know, premiership is important, but like, you know, how often my premiership has gotten worse because I'm writing less. Right, so like we making sure our schools are shifting with the times and not just focus on some of these things. But parents got to be that voice, so they they need to be able to do that as well. But I can keep going on that. So let me. Oh, you hit on a a ton of great points. I I think just to piggyback on a few, um, I I like for parents to be advocates of their children. I think sometimes parents are a little standoffish until parent teacher conferences or they get a report card and often tell them it's way too late. Establish a, a relationship with the teachers early on, right? So that there's an open line of communication, but you just don't wait on the teacher to communicate with you. Even though they should, don't wait because this yeah. is your child, right? Um, and your child, and you have to be the advocate, the voice of your child. And you also want to build them up to advocate for themselves at some point, depending on the age group. But um, and, and then habits, yeah. right? Like habits are where the child is going to find success. Um, some kids are naturally gifted, some kids are naturally intelligent, but habits are the keys to success. And I think that to your point earlier about like, what are we teaching the kids? Like schools need to do a better job. Parents need to do a better job of like instilling habits with children. Right. Like, are they, do they, do they understand how to organize themselves? Right. Do they understand how to be reflective? Right. They understand how to better themselves and things that they like. And when they're struggling with something, are they asking for help? 
Yeah. Are they going to the teacher, right? Are they able to express where they are struggling, right? And like being reflective on like, what is it specifically that I'm struggling with? Do they give up too easily? Mm -hmm. Those are the things that are going to impact getting a kid from a D to a B or an A, right? Where, I mean, grades are a whole nother topic, but um, I think the most important thing with school is that kids have to be confident that they can do well in school. Mm -hmm. That's the only Mm -hmm. thing that really matters Mm -hmm. to me. Absolutely. Because we don't get doctors and lawyers if kids don't think they can do school. Yeah. We don't get professors, we don't get teachers and educators because they're not going to want to continue school once high school is over. And that's what I'm seeing a lot on the high school end is like, I'm just getting through this so I can be done with it. Yeah. And it's just like, edu- your learning and education wasn't, the, wasn't a uh, penalty, yeah. a punishment. Yeah. But it feels like that for our kids, mm-hmm. right? We got to figure out how we change that so that kids can want to learn and then want to better themselves mentally and emotionally and all yeah. those things. Um, so definitely building habits, definitely commu- keeping lines of communication open with the teachers. Uh, they got all these apps and stuff. I ain't going to lie. You know, even Mikey's first couple of years, I was behind on Schoology, like trying to keep up. You know, you got a job, right? Let's be, for sure. be you know, cut parents some slack. No, it is not sure. easy. Absolutely. You know, managing your work, the Absolutely. home, and then Absolutely. what's going on with the child eight hours of the day. But um, you want to. You yeah. need to. And so trying your best to ex- Early on, get get in communication, get in contact, keep staying on top of those things, so that you can support your child as best as possible. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, man. I think you know it'll be interesting to see this year. Yeah, I feel like you know we, we're still sort of in some weird version of the pandemic. Yeah, you know, we ain't quite transition, or maybe we have. Not sure. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how this year go. Like, you know, we're going to have the closures or if people just going to like plow through or, mm-hmm. you know, cause I know the CDC again, as we mentioned, are changing things yeah. weekly. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see though, but I think, I think there's opportunities here. We'll, and you know, that was a bunch of talk before when we were in the middle of the, in the, middle of the pandemic and they were saying, Oh, you know, when we come out, we got to make some changes. There ain't no change. And, and, and I think to the point, even if the world has came out of the pandemic, Education is still feeling the effects because we still have the teacher shortage. Yep. Right? Yep. So it still feels like we're in the pandemic. Yep. And kids haven't healed mentally and emotionally nope. from nope. not only COVID and the loss, like the physical human loss of COVID, the, the being at home separated from each other socially, um, but also just the stress of school when we came back. So yep. there was a lot of like mental and emotional yeah. stress that we're going to get into a little bit later in the show that we haven't addressed well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, you know, being yeah, we talk a lot about restorative practices, yeah. about authentic relationships. And, like, you aren't being authentic if you aren't supporting kids emotionally as well. Yeah. You can't teach someone who's emotionally not well, right, yeah. who's ma- whose mind isn't with you in the room. Um, so I think that's where we're kind of seeing the still the remnants of the pandemic where, you know, it's still emotionally, like, tra- tra- trauma going mm-hmm. on, you know, especially mm-hmm. with the children. Mm-hmm. Um. And with the teacher shortage, which where I, you know, we want people to teach, we want people to education, Absolutely. but we also understand why people left. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, we can't advocate for a space that is not no. doing well by people, yeah. especially our educators. You know, yeah. um, and you see where some states are trying to do to overcome to compensate for that in a, in a way. Yeah, you got Texas, and they go to the four day. Yeah, they got some dishes four, going to four, a four day four work days, week. Four day work instead of paying week. people more. Yeah. <laughs> Some smaller Texas school districts are uh, offering a four-day week in an effort to hire and keep teachers. Good morning to the Texas Tribune's public education reporter, Brian Lopez. You found this is happening in some school districts, smaller school districts here in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Which ones are we talking about? 
Yeah, so we're, uh, I look specifically at mineral wells and uh, Chico ISD, um, but there are other areas I have been doing it for quite a while as well. Um, Gordon ISD is in that general area um, that they've kind of been doing, and they're kind of competing against each other. Um, so this has come about, you know, school districts have started this four-day thing. Teachers and neighboring school districts are going to those districts, so then everybody has to kind of adapt if they want to keep their teachers. Um, and then, you know, they're also hoping that the big, bigger school districts don't go to a four-day week um, because then that'll even even make it more competitive. And make it a lot more competitive because the big school districts like Fort Worth pay a lot more money than the Chico ISD in some of those smaller districts. Correct. Exactly. Um, and, you know, that's why um, big school districts like Fort Worth, like your Dallas, your Houston, aren't thinking right now of going to a four day week because, you know, they can dramatically just keep on um, to a certain degree, keep on raising um, their salaries. Um, I spoke to some people from from Houston ISD uh, administrators and, you know, they said there's no intention right now. You know, the thing is, you know, we need this five day week to get. Uh, kids back to the level they they weren't um, before p- the pandemic. Um, so instead, they're trying different uh, money incentives to to keep teachers. So Florida Governor DeSantis he is uh, allowing Army veterans to teach in classes without getting certified. Some wild thing. What they say make you say mm, right. So um, you're looking at all these these states all over, and a lot of it is political. I'm sure a lot of it's political. You've you've heard. You know, I'm not surprised he did that though. Yeah, it it makes sense. Well, they don't want to put any more money in education. They don't, and that whole his whole thinking around. You know, I was just watching him the other day on CNN or something talking about mm-hmm. um, the woke. Like mm-hmm. woke goes to die here or something like that, or they don't mm-hmm. make it here. The state of Florida is the state, uh, is the place where woke goes to die. Uh, we are not going to let this state, we're not going to let this state descend into some type of woke dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. You know, that, to me, that was some cold word stuff anyway. You yeah. know, we, we don't do woke here. Yeah. The, the, the woke culture or whatever that is. So, you know, he, uh, Florida, you know, people like visiting Florida. And I, uh, Florida is it's it's and and you know he is what he's trying to do and I don't want to make this a politics podcast. What he's trying to do is is be the the diet version of Trump to still gain that support. So he is in all those lanes Absolutely. of all that hate and Absolutely. all that anti CRT stuff Absolutely. so that he can gain that footage. But it, it ridiculous yeah. because if you are lowering the standards for people to teach because yeah. you're not trying to put any more yeah. funding and money in teaching. You would think that people, especially. People in Florida, I'm assuming more majority of them are sending their kids to public school, want their kids to have a good education yeah. from from highly qualified people. But you know, um, I think Ohio is um, Columbus, which is the they say it was the sort of largest school district in the in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on strike. The teachers are on strike. Um, I think they start. They're supposed to start school today or tomorrow. More students across the country returning to school this week, uh, and that's highlighting a growing crisis with teachers. There are simply not enough of them right now. Government figures show that about 300,000 teachers left the education workforce, left the profession since February 2020. That would be when the COVID pandemic began. And in states like Mississippi, Florida, and Nevada, they've been hit especially hard by these shortages. 
Columbus, Ohio, meanwhile, uh, the state's biggest school district there, is opening the year this morning with the teachers on strike. You see the pictures there. Elise Preston has made her way to East High School. That's in Columbus. Uh, Elise, good morning. Why is this happening there now? Tony, good morning to you. The school board and teachers union have been negotiating for months without success. This ongoing strike means no one will be in class here today. Students will begin the school year online with many taught by substitutes. Teachers in Columbus have been on strike since Monday. After the vast majority of the union's roughly 4,500 members voted to reject the latest contract offer from the city's Board of Education. What do we want? What do we want? Now! It marked yet another failed negotiation. After 22 meetings since March, the union claims Columbus schools are in a state of disrepair, from missing ceiling tiles to lead paint to water leaks. We will continue fighting until we have safe, properly maintained, and fully resourced schools in every neighborhood. The school board says it's committed to addressing those issues, but insists they can only be solved with more taxpayer dollars, not a contract with teachers. What goes in the contract doesn't actually solve that problem. As the unresolved negotiations force a virtual start to the school year, the teachers union is calling on families to honor the picket line by boycotting remote class. We're starting off how we did with COVID. The conflict has put students like 16-year-old Inaya Broom, a senior at Eastmore Academy High School, in a tough position. She told us she'd rather be in person, but supports the strike. We started off school with no air, no heat. It's embarrassing compared to these other school districts. Our school has been the same for like 50 years. You're laughing. <laughs> because my grandma went to the school and she said the same thing. Like, why does it look exactly the same? Her mother agrees, but worries about how the disruption and more remote class could take a toll on some students. I stand by the teachers, but this being the beginning of the school year, I think was just terrible for the kids. And you can hear a lot of supporters honking uh, for this ongoing strike. As it continues, the district has set up 25 running sites for students to pick up free meals. Meanwhile, the teachers union and school board head back to the bargaining table this afternoon. They don't strike uh, for similar things. They want, you know, the, the fact that <laughs> this is interesting because I mentioned this last week in a conversation with some folks, you know, like here in Detroit, when certain when it's too hot, Mm-hmm. Schools got to shut down because we don't have air conditioning. Mm-hmm. That's one of the conditions, um, but they want to be mad. They want to make sure that it's, it's mad before they get back into the classrooms. Like these schools don't have air conditioning in 2022. Yeah, like like that. It, it's just that's like the bare like the bare minimum. Like and, and a lot of these schools, y'all know y'all been in these schools. They they don't the windows don't open up. And so you get you expect to have people in spaces where there's no air conditioning. Like that's like inhumane. Those are like yeah. basic conditions like for humans to survive. And they're protesting that. It's not just that. It's, you know, of course, teacher pay. They want to increase. Uh, they want to include, make sure music and art and all the PE and all the important other subjects, content mm-hmm. is being brought into the school. So it's like, these are like, they're not saying like, pay us $40,000 more. And that's not what people are arguing about. Like it's just very, that's like basic stuff. Like yeah, bring PE, art and music back. Like, yeah. Put some air conditions in our schools. Let's do, like, it, it is unbelievable to me in 2022 that we are still 
people are still fighting for that. And I was just finding out too, they were saying, um, you know, if you include inflation over the last what, 15 years, 10 years, teachers are probably making, they're like 20 some dollars more. It's something along those lines. Oh, yeah. Like, that's like, what? Yeah. Uh, no, you know, it's, it, it is ridiculous. It's, yeah. um, there, it has been a slow bleed of the educational system. In it has been country. going on for a while, yeah. For a while. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably do a whole other podcast. We will do another that. podcast. Um, to get on that, because you're absolutely right. And, and, and what I've always said is that, like, the people, not just the teachers, the people need to be more up in arms about that. The people the need people, to The people, I agree. Your I, children absolutely, go to these schools. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Your children go to these schools. Absolutely. And not only that, but the people that you live in the neighborhoods around, the people that you have to interact absolutely. with. Them kids that you think are stealing your cars, Absolutely. they go to them schools. Absolutely. So if you want to, we want to improve the community. We want to improve the society, the cities. We have to improve the schools, yeah. and the money is there. The government has the money. I always want to reiterate: that your taxes do not have to increase for your schools to get funded. They don't. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. We can take down one fighter jet and fund that fund that whole district. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, cause you, you know, you gonna get me fired, then we gonna we, the conversation gonna turn. We'll start talking about some like, so yeah, we were, yeah, we we gonna talk, we gonna make we that one of our about, topics coming up. We like, will, we I'm gonna put it on the list. That. We were talking about the getting yes. ready for school. Let's <laughs> yes. get it, let's get it back to to teachers, right? So yes, we talked yes. about how do we get parents ready for school, teachers, school starting, or it has already started in some states. Um, shouts out to all our viewers in other states if schools already started. Um, tips for them. You know, what What do you got for your teachers starting this, these first couple of weeks? You know, one, I'm going to tell them just, like, self-care. Like, I, I mentioned mm. this before, man. A uh, person on, on, on the talk I did last week asked the question, like, how do we take care of ourselves while we're doing this? I, man, find time throughout. Like, take care of yourself. And, and this is what I mean by that, right? Um, take a time out, 30, 45 minutes, an hour, a day to yourself. And, I'm not, and I know something like, oh, I can't do that during the school day. Get it. If there's, like, first of all, the fact that teachers don't have lunch, if in some schools don't, like, they have to, like, monitor lunch, it's, like, ridiculous. But if you if you get a lunch break, which is the fact that, the fact that I'm saying, if you get a lunch break, right, if you get a lunch break, leave, go sit in the car. If you can, like, just, like, mm-hmm. that is your right. Sit in the car, close your door, cut your light off, and just sit and eat in peace for the 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. If you, for whatever crazy reason you can't do that during the school day, on your prep or whatever, then find time to um, do that right after school. Like, just being very thoughtful of how you're taking care of your mental and emotional space. And then I think give yourself grace. And I, and I think being, like, figuring out and going back to why am I doing this and centering yourself around joy and figuring out what's going to get me back to being joyful or or create that joy that I want. Because I mentioned it is on Monday I was talking to the school, the school of teachers, and um they were and I was mentioning to them, I said, How many times you know you want to wake up, you wake up and you, you when you don't really you're not really happy about where you're headed and what like what like what you about to go do. You don't want to get like you you feel like uh you walk in with an attitude, you walk in drained. Mm-hmm. But like imagine waking up and knowing I'm about to go to this school, I'm about to rock it because I'm about to I have joy, I'm about to create that space in my school, in my classroom. I'm gonna go in here and engage these kids in ways that I know how and I don't care what they're asking me to do. Like that you that, that gets you hype. Like you yeah. get up and you be ready to go. Like let's yeah. go to work, right? Yeah. But when it's not and you're not happy, um you, you go to work and you, like the kids feel that. 
And yeah. then you 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 create and, and and deliver a dry lesson or not as engaged as you want to because you really are not happy. So I think figure out what that joy is and why you decide to become a teacher and go get, and go snatch that back and go do that. And like you know, it's easy for me to say that. But go to hell to anybody telling you that that's not important. Yeah, like there's schools. Here's the thing. There's the one positive thing. There's some, you know, teachers got some leverages, like, like a little leverage. Now, like, you know, you don't want this ain't what to go about at the school. Okay, let me go over this school. Like, yeah. there's somebody who needs somebody. On my Facebook is blowing up around, like, I need this teacher. I need this teacher. We need. People are like, go state what you are and what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And if that school ain't willing to do that, go. Yeah. Let me stop. I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm go. You, you made a really good point. Go. Teachers have a little more leverage in the space. Um, but I, I think everything you said, not only does that apply to teachers, it applies to everyone. Oh, absolutely. Everyone needs to take care of themselves. Um, and what the word you just gave was really good advice to administrators, helping them help their teachers take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And then also just being a, a human being. Yes. Right. Be a human being yeah. with your, with your teachers, be a human being with your students. Yeah. Um, so that's a very good point. Uh, I would only like to add, um, you know, they always, we talk a lot about building, culture in yeah. the classroom we talk a lot about building relationships and i often find that teachers don't know what that means mm-hmm. people don't know what that means mm-hmm. um part of it might be because they don't see those kids as human beings yeah. as relationships to be built with yeah. so um it's work mm-hmm. and they're treating the kids as work right instead of the kids as human beings who are in this world living with you yes. who you can be happy to see every day yes and you don't show up happy they see that yeah so in these first two weeks, yes, build the relationships, right? Authentically, like have you should generally want to know these people that you're going to spend nine months with every day of your, of days, your working of man. your working career. You're some going to 180 days with in these some kids. spaces, right? Get to know them, and not yeah. only get to know them, but like build a positive relationship with them. Yeah. Build a positive relationship with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, like yeah. start off on a good yeah, foot, I mean, right? Have some things yeah. that y'all can share. Say y'all have in common, <laughs> yeah. right? Start a conversation, like find a, a pinpoint, right? Share something with, with them yeah. so they know a little bit about you. Be happy to see these kids. Be happy. Figure out what they like. You know what I mean? Like it, it's only going to benefit you. Bring in, bring in, I used to bring fruits and stuff to the classroom that I, I was planning on eating, but mm-hmm. I didn't eat because I gave it to kids, but it benefited me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they now there was like, oh, I trust him. He's looking out for me. Like, and I know they need him more than I do. Right. But how much did that save me from having to deal with a kid talking about my stomach hurts in class? Mm-hmm. Or they trying to like get up and go to the bathroom every five minutes because they mm-hmm. hungry. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you solving your own problems. Yeah. Joy, man. You solving your own problem, man. Joy. So definitely build these relationships. Um, take care of yourself. Um and you know, we talk a little bit about the in our in our fellowships and framework for sure, but build the routines and the procedures, the things that you want kids to do, start that now. Have yeah. them start practicing now. Yeah. Right, practice makes perfect, and well, it doesn't make perfect. Practice makes better. Mm-hmm. But have the kids practicing the things that you want to see them do for the year, so that by the time you get to the end of the year, they're just doing. It. Yeah, it's just it's just a habit forming, you know. So that's that's definitely the advice we want to give. When you build these authentic relationships, and you starting to see the kids starting to share vulnerable pieces with them, you're going to start to see some of this trauma yeah. that they bring in, yeah. right? And there is something around understanding, like how do how do you respond, mm-hmm. right? And how are you informed on like what that means for you into building a better relationship so that kids can not only heal and like work to heal but you know um start to build themselves academically right because yeah. that that oftentimes stands in the way oh absolutely of our kids academic yeah. progress yeah. and we don't ever address it yeah we just say yeah. oh our kids are scoring worse than, yeah. than white children yeah. yeah i wonder why yeah. 
right, yeah. outside of the, the bias assessment. I wonder yeah. why. We're not addressing the, any real issues. Yeah. So, Man, we've been giving these nice teacher tips. Like, you know, you want to get more, like, this is what we do. So, like, yeah. reach out to us. Um, yeah. This is the work that we do that we're passionate about. Um, but, you know, the school year is starting, man. Like, this is the first podcast of the year, of the season. Um, like, I'm just, like, super, man, like, excited that my little nephew is doing well, that yeah. you get to see you, Blessing. that you're yeah. doing well. Um, and his mom is doing well, man. Shout out to y'all for holding it down and just, you know, shout out absolutely. to God. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Man. So, but, but man, as we close out, man, uh, let the folks know what, what's next uh, with BMA. So, you know, like you said earlier, we have the our fellowship starting soon. I'm really excited about all the work we'll be doing with our principals and our new career, uh, early career teacher fellows. Um, we've already started our, our work in the schools, our two new school partnerships. So, shout out to them. Um, and then shout out to, you know, urban teachers we're working with very soon. Um, you know, we're ready to attack the school year and get, you know, get, uh, these schools off to a good start. Our next podcast day will be September 8th, right? So look out for the next podcast. If you've missed any of the old episodes, we're on YouTube. You can find it on our new website, blackmaleeducatorsalliance.org. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter. We're back on Twitter doing our thing. Follow us on Instagram. Keep up to date what we're doing in all our schools. Um, Facebook as well, BMEA of Michigan, Blackmail Educators Alliance, um, and LinkedIn. Absolutely, because if your school needs um, some professional development, if your school, anything like that, reach out to us so we can start that conversation, and we would love to help. All right, man. Hey, let's get it. Let's get it, man. See you next time, brother. You are now listening. You are now listening. You are now listening to the Black Male Educators Alliance podcast. podcast. Lifting our voices. Lifting our voices. Lifting our voices. Lifting our voices.